0: Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Once again, welcome to the show. Welcome to this place. I talk about a lot of different topics that I hope you can relate with me on. Things with my kids, my family, things that guys deal with and go through. So hopefully you find some of that interesting. And uh, just thank you for downloading today. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Okay, first off, couple things I want to vent about. I know, it's kind of a shocker. I tend to do that a lot. First is YouTube sucks. Okay, well, not exactly, but here is the trouble that I'm having. I create content on YouTube. Even this show right here will be uploaded to YouTube. And then I have another channel. Uh, It's a video channel. It shows how to stuff and interesting you know educational things that I like to do a lot more mechanical garage stuff you know things like that anyways I just got hit with what they call a copyright claim on a video so shit right this big company called Believe Music said that I used one of their songs in one of my videos so they put a copyright claim on that video but when I choose songs for videos I always search and find copyright free songs or songs that use a certain creative license so it allows me to use them as long as I give them credit or give that artist credit in the video. And mind you, this video is probably two years old. It's not new, uh, so it's kind of odd that I would get a copyright claim now and not initially when it was uploaded. So I get this email and this notification that says this is all happening and that Believe Music company has blocked my content, blocked my video. So now it's gone, you can't see it. I can see it on my studio side of YouTube, but YouTube in general, it is blocked content. It doesn't show up. And it's a video that gets about 50 to 80 views a day. It's not a lot of views, but for my little channel and for my myself, my person, it's a lot. It means a lot to me. So I did some googling and some searching and come to find out this Believe Music Company, this quote-unquote business, and what happens is they or creators that are licensed through them will use copyright free songs and background beats and other things that they find on the internet and then they'll make songs out of them. They'll sing over them or whatever. So when they're released believe music will copyright them because that artist or that person is using them for their services whatever in the hell their services are so within the system somewhere it's detecting that the song that i used is theirs and then flagging it because the beat is the same or the the track sounds the same it's something called content id and it's some some function through youtube or something like that that i i don't think i don't i don't know how to use it so now this backbeat song that I used is now a backbeat on some guy's rap song in Sri Lanka or somewhere else around the world. I mean, I looked up these artists, and they're they're not US-based. They're somewhere else, so they have no idea that I'm having this problem. They don't know who I am. They're not doing it to me. It's just something that this Believe Music is doing. So after researching, I emailed Believe Music, which honestly probably did nothing because you go down to the bottom and click on contact us, and it's this big corporatey looking page. I probably did nothing. What I also did was contacted the artist of the actual song that I used. It was some guy out of Denver. I don't know his name, so let's call him Kurt. Well, he got back to me, and he had some interesting information. Kurt said Believe Music is going around and screwing a bunch of these small artists and content creators by somehow putting these claims on their music maybe in the fashion that I just explained. He says that they're an out of control fraud company. That's what he told me in his email. And when they believe, what they do is they do a copyright claim through YouTube and that can essentially funnel off profit from that video that these songs are in. And since they claim that song, they can claim any kind of monetary money that that video makes, if that makes sense. So they're stealing money from these little individual creators, like Kurt, and even myself. Kurt said he's been dealing with this for a bunch of his songs, and he can't seem to really do anything about it. He's got the proof, the evidence to prove that he made the music, and yet YouTube won't do anything for him. Kurt said he's talked to other creators about this, and the consensus is is that YouTube's content ID and copyright system is actually broken, or flawed in a way, allowing these big troll companies to abuse the system and then make money off of the backs of little creators. Which, ironically, that's what YouTube is built off of. Little creators just making videos and doing things on their phones and their cameras and uploading them and that's what YouTube is built off of. And the shit thing is, is that if I go through my YouTube and I object to this claim and try to fight it and do an appeal even though I have written consent from Kurt stating that he owns the song and I have his permission to use it, more than likely what will happen is my claim will get denied and then automatically I get a strike on my account. And in YouTube land, when you get three strikes on your account, then poof, your channel is 100% gone. They shut your channel down, they delete it, it's gone. Talk about some serious bullshit, right? So yeah. Bullshit, it is. It's pretty sad that YouTube has nothing in place to keep this from happening. And by the way, I am gonna file an appeal. I'm going to go on my account and I'm gonna file one and I am going to see what happens. Maybe I'll get a strike. I will come back here and talk to you about it and let you know how that saga ends or continues. We will see. Oh, and also, speaking of YouTube, I got another notification from them that said I had a link in a video that was spam or scam or illegal content. So I was giving credit to another music source in another video, totally different video, and I put the guy's email in there. Or no, I put the guy's website address in there to his music page. Well, apparently the link is broken now or the page is sold or it's gone or whatever, and now that link takes you to somewhere else that YouTube says is bad. So they gave me this warning. They notified me and then they warned me saying that uh, they blocked that link and they're not gonna do anything about it but if things keep happening, then they'll have to take action, whatever that is. So that's just great. I guess bottom line is I should just check my links. I should go through my videos and check all the links in them and make sure they go to legit sources or make sure that they're not linked to outside pages outside of YouTube pretty much because if a YouTube link breaks, it doesn't go anywhere or if the channel changes, it's just going to go to another channel, it's not gonna go to some, you know, dirty page or something like that. It just kinda goes to show how delicate the little bot sniffers are on these social media pages, YouTube social media and all these other ones and how crushing they can be to someone that creates content. Even a little creator like myself. I don't even have 600 subscribers, and I'm feeling this, you know, squeeze. So maybe I gotta do some different things, maybe use a music source that is a little more legit, maybe, I don't know. All right, let's move on to something a little more interesting, important maybe, than YouTube drama. So last week I talked to my friend TJ. He was on the show last week. Good guy lot to say, a lot of uh, stories. Pretty interesting to hear his story about what he had to deal with and go through with his daughter and his ex and all that stuff. Now, I don't want to be just some nodding head that just agrees with everything a guest says when I talk to them, right? That's not really great interviewing skills, right? But when a Zoom call is all choppy and laggy and not clear, we tend to talk over one another like TJ and I did last week. So I just kinda wanna recap a couple things that we kinda talked about and go over them a little bit deeper. Some things that he said and some things that we talked about. So first off was we talked about addiction a little bit, about his ex having problems with drugs and whatnot. So I wanted to kinda clarify, I didn't say it in last week's episode, I'm not shit talking people who have addiction problems. Yes, you have a problem, and if you don't repair yourself or take care of it, you're going to lose everything, your kids, your family, everything, case in point with TJ's daughter's mother. That's what happened to her. She didn't take care of her addiction, she didn't take care of her problems, and she lost her family over it, plain and simple. Did people fight for her and try to help her? I imagine they did. I imagine people were advocating for her and in her corner a lot of people don't typically just let someone flounder and suffer when they're going through something granted it gets a little different when it's repetitive and you keep putting yourself out there to help somebody and they get better then they get worse then they get better they get worse sometimes yeah it can it can decrease and get less and less I've got some experience in that I'll talk about that later at another time. But anyways, I'm not saying that people that have addictions can't overcome them and they're just doomed and plagued forever. They can come back. They can persevere. They can get their lives back if they want to and move on. And maybe his mother's daughter did. She's engaged now, according to TJ. She was writing letters again to their daughter, so hopefully... She's kind of turned over that leaf and she's doing something better with her life. So after thinking about this, I read up on an NPR article and it said in this article, I'll link in the description, that in a single 12-month period, 101,000 people died of fatal overdoses. But the article goes on and says that that number tends to overshadow the fact that most Americans who experience alcohol and drug addictions go on to recover and live a full and healthy life. So that's kind of interesting. You don't necessarily hear about that. The news just likes to flash the doom and gloom up and they don't really talk about that, hey, there's quite a bit of people that battle this and overcome it and are living normal lives. And actually in a study by the National Institute on Drug Abuse found that in 2020, at least three out of four people who experienced addiction eventually recovered from it. So that's pretty decent, 75%. I mean, you'd rather be higher. And if you think about it in terms of 100 people, 25 people do not come back from that. And that sounds kind of scary, but still 75% is a pretty good number. And sometimes we don't really think about that number, those people, we tend to just hear about the addiction and the drug abuse and the assumption that, like I said, there's no coming back from that. And there's no life after that. And that's just not the case. People do come back. So just a couple uh, couple points there, a little food for thought, a little bit of data that can show that people do recover from addiction. So hope is not all lost, right? All right, so next thing that TJ mentioned, and it was something that got me thinking really after we talked about it, I had questions for him in the moment, and I really should have dug deeper, but like I said, with the shitty audio, it can be a little more hassle trying to stop someone when they're in a thought and go back and then talk over each other and then deal with lag and all that stuff and be all choppy. Well, what he said or what he mentioned was the importance of fathers in the life of a child versus a mother, and that one is better than the other, that a father's presence is better for emotional development and a mother is better for... Physical development, something along those lines. I can't exactly remember what he said. And yes, I do agree that a father plays a huge, huge role in the development of children. There's a lot of studies about it. I know I've talked about it before, but I don't necessarily think that one is better than the other. The ultimate is to have both in the household, right? That's the cat's meow, so to speak. And I know there are people out there that are single moms. I know single moms. They're raising their kids. And maybe they will never admit it, but I can tell that there's no father in the kid's life, or a prominent one at least. Seeing how the kid acts or behaves, problems at school, behavior issues, plus other things, I can see that. Just by looking at pictures or seeing them or whatever, I can see it, you can tell. And I believe it has a lot to do, primarily to do with not having a dad around. Now, granted, I think the same could be said for a home with no mom as well. That typically isn't the case, though, so we don't see that too often. But I imagine there would be some noticeable differences in a lack of either parent. That would actually have been a really good question for TJ when he was here last week, that if he even noticed a difference, maybe he wouldn't because he's living it. But back when he was a single dad, I mean, now he's got a wife and his daughter has a a mother figure in her life. So it's gonna be a little bit different. So of course I gotta know, I gotta know, I gotta figure this out. What is the difference in homes with a lacking parental figure, either mom or dad? What injustice are we doing to our kids by raising them with only one parent? TJ mentioned this Crowder guy and I actually tried to look it up but I couldn't really find an exact source. I saw some YouTube videos and I didn't really feel like watching a bunch of YouTube videos to uh, try to find what he was talking about for reference. And I know I've talked about this. I already mentioned it. I know I've talked about this in the past, about the benefits of a father in the home and what good that does for a kid. But I think it's kind of worth talking about again. So if I totally repeat myself, i totally repeat myself. Plus, I want to see what the old interweb says about the benefits of having a mother in the home for children versus a father, or something along those lines. We'll see what I come up with. So first, let's talk about those important reasons, for lack of a better term, why fathers are important in childhood development. All right, children with engaged dads, one who's there, who's around, who's involved, those kids are less likely to drop out of school and are less likely to wind up in jail compared to kids with no father or zero male figure in that role. Interesting, right? Close relationships with dad tend to have kids that avoid high-risk behavior and they're more likely to have higher paying job as an adult. They have more stable relationships and endure fewer psychological problems through their lives. The father effect. We all know this, right? I've talked about this before. I've probably quoted this exact same article on fatherly.com, but I'll do it again. I don't care. TJ mentioned social and emotional development is a direct result of active and engaged present fathers. You may be asking yourself, what is social and emotional development? Well, it's how children understand who they are, what they feel, and what they expect to receive from others. It provides a foundation for how kids feel about themselves, and all this contributes to a child's self-confidence, empathy, ability to manage feelings, and succeed in school. And what influences this greatly? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the quality of the relationships that they develop with their primary caregivers. They're typically their moms and their dads, so it's true. Father plays an important role. Children of supportive fathers who engage with them in many activities, including play, which I talked about play in our kids, I don't know, a few weeks ago, are more likely to be socially competent, have more positive friendships, and be more able to control their emotions. And not just the father's alone, but the father's relationship with the child's mother influences the children as well. So if a child sees conflict and stress there in that relationship, that harms development, okay? They also say that supportive team parenting is associated with greater social and emotional skills in kids. So it's kind of interesting. It really takes both sides is what I'm gleaming from this. It's not just the father's alone, it's a team. It's a team effort. And all that came from childandfamilyblog.com, by the way. If you would like to check it out, I will link it in the description. I don't want to get slammed with something like uh, plagiarism and stealing someone else's content. Yes, I'm reading someone else's content, but I'm giving them credit and linking their site so you can check it out. Okay, I'm not a doctor or a psychologist. I don't just pull this stuff out of my ass, so... That's why I gotta search, and I gotta read, and uh, inform you out there. All right, now let's look at the mother aspect of this. We already know that there's this immense bond between mom and baby, more so than with the father. I mean, they carry the baby, they give birth to the baby, they feed the baby, so yes, there is this huge bond there. They're the first person that the child knows, so that's a special connection. And yeah, it can go sideways like in TJ's case, he had his daughter, what, to himself, or he was the primary caregiver when she was only 18 months old? And that's only when things got really bad and he went to court. So I imagine that there was a huge lead up to that moment when he got full custody or he, where he was the primary caregiver in that situation. So pretty crazy. I found this other article called Why Moms Should Stay With Their Children in the Early Years by Erica Komisar. She's a psychoanalyst and a parent guidance expert, and she thinks that society is devaluing motherhood while idealizing work, and at the same time, she's seen an epidemic of troubled kids who are being diagnosed with ADHD at a record number, which I actually talked about ADHD probably over a year ago and how overdiagnosed is with kids. So if you want to check that episode out, maybe I'll link that in the description if you want to hear me bramble on and talk about ADHD. Anyway, she believes this is due to stress and their environment and their inability to regulate emotional responses, why they're getting diagnosed with all this ADHD. Because why? Because the absence of mothers on a daily basis in the children's lives. She says that mothers serve two important biological functions for children in the first few years of their lives. They soothe a child's distress in the moment and they help them regulate their emotions. She goes on to say, the more emotionally and physically a mother can be present for a child in the first three years, the better chance the child will be emotionally healthy and mentally well. And during this first three years is the time that mothers lay that foundation for the child's ability to be resilient in the face of adversity and be able to regulate their emotions. I sounded like I was reading that because I was. And that's a jumble of words, so I'm sorry. Anyways, Erica also says that both fathers and mothers are critical in development, but from a biological standpoint, they are not interchangeable. She says in those first three years, it's important for the child's brain to receive more sensitive nurturing, and mothers provide that because mothers are more emotionally invested and more committed in the child's safety and survival, and fathers do not have those same instincts. Not sure I entirely agree with that. I'm no scientist and she says these are facts, but I kind of think that fathers can be just as committed for safety and survival of their children or their babies in this case. Just because we don't give birth doesn't mean that we aren't invested or that we care less. I don't know. A little thought there. I'm not sure. She also says that nurturing is passed down genetically from mother to daughter. And when mothers do not nurture, they don't pass down a love of or an ability to nurture to their kids. So that's interesting, too. So a mother can be present, can be there, but if she's not nurturing or she doesn't nurture her own children, then her children won't pass that on to their children. So it's kind of cascades down. So the bottom line here, I'm almost done, I promise. The bottom line here is fathers can and they do provide a lot of the same emotional support as mothers. It just may be in different ways. It's not wrong. It's just different. Mothers are more nurturing. Maybe mothers are more forgiving. They have a different kind of bond that I won't have with my kids. But at the same time, I have a bond with my kids and my daughters that my wife won't have with them either. It's different. It just is. Mothers tend to instill that softer, like I said, more nurturing side And fathers, they can also be nurturing, but they can bring in a little more masculinity, confidence, expectation of others maybe, kind of the other things that I had read about. So I don't know, kind of interesting. Remember, I'm not a doctor. I'm just talking about stuff that I read, okay? What I'm trying to say though is each parent brings a unique set of traits to the table to instill in their kids. It's that not too cold, not too hot type of parenting and household that I think makes for the perfect environment to raise a kid it just is my wife and I also this is something else I thought of we also model behavior that our kids see and soak up we we were a team we problem solve we show affection responsibilities compassion as well as a lot of other things we model those things to our kid they see those we don't it's not necessarily that we're teaching those moments to them, but they're seeing them when we do them. so when i when I'm a, a good husband or I work as a team with my wife and we we handle things together, my daughters are seeing that, and they're building in their minds like maybe what a model partner looks like from both sides, what a model husband looks like, and maybe that's why when they get older, that changes how they will perceive. You know, when they go dating and they go meet people and they're trying to find a partner of their own, they're going to have this expectation because they've grown up seeing it with their own parents. Do you see how important that kind of is? But if you're alone, on the other side of that, if you're alone, single mom or a single dad, how do you model some of these things to your kids? Your kids aren't going to see you being affectionate to someone else. Your kids aren't going to see you working out problems or taking care of responsibilities together. They're, just, they're not gonna see that because it's not gonna be there. Those are all just important aspects of life that will help them as an adult. And they're not even taught moments. They're just things that they see and emulate and pick up and learn. That's why it's important to have both mother and father in the home. And I know a lot of people have talked about this and I talk about it too. I've talked about it at length today. And I know that's not what people want is to be a single mom or single dad. But I guess if you are, then you just do the best you can and you rely on your family and your friends when you need them and you get through it. So even if you're a father and you're not living at home with your kids, don't give up. Don't forget about them and just keep working at it. Keep a positive attitude and stay happy and stay in their lives and do what you can for them. That's all I'm saying. God, that got really philosophical and soft and whatever. Anyways, that's about all I have for today's episode of Stay at Home Dad's podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in again. It's been a nice 25 minutes or so. I know I went a little deeper and a more somber than I intended to, but nonetheless, I think it was good information, some good uh, things to mention and talk about. Just wanted to address a couple of those things that we had talked about last week dissect them a little bit if you liked it great let me know if you didn't like it great don't let me know just kidding actually hop over to my social media or send me a message on podbean.com they're both linked in the description along with all the articles that I talked about today it's probably going to be kind of article heavy but I'll put all the links there so you can check out all those uh, articles if you want to read them Some are pretty good, some are alright, but I'll put those down there. Anyways, if you would like to share this podcast, I would appreciate it. Please let a friend know, please let a family member know, and let them know they can grab it on all the major streaming platforms, and even on the stupid YouTube, I'll put it up on there too. So if they want to check it out, they can watch an audio version on YouTube. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Bye!